Welcome, Mama. You've got your hands full, I know. As a mama for myself, I can relate to the exhausting days of motherhood with wiping messy faces, correcting attitudes, and picking up those countless piles of laundry. But I have found that if we search deeply and open our hearts, we can experience motherhood in a whole new light. By applying biblical principles, we can have joy, we can have peace, and we can have purpose in motherhood. Join me weekly for a little spiritual water for your weary soul. Hello friends, welcome to another episode of the Purpose of Motherhood podcast. I'm Ashley Caston. As always, it is so good to have you here. It's so good to be able to talk to my little community of friends here on uh, the podcast. So thanks for listening in. As always, if you ever have any questions or comments, things to share, I'd love to hear from you. You can email me at thepurposeofmotherhood at gmail.com. Um, that's where I am most likely to see your message because these days I am barely able to uh, get around to checking messages on social media and all of that it usually takes me a few days. Um, and that's on purpose. That really is to just keep it limited in my life, which I've talked about before, just keeping uh, social media at bay and not having it take over my life. So, um, but email is always great. So, um, let's see a little family update. I always like to share something that's going on in our lives. Um, we have just a lot going on this month in general with our church. Um, lots of just events and it seems like our calendar, like we start off the month with, okay, you know, there's not a lot. We've got, you know, some open days and then very quickly, all of a sudden it's like, okay. And now we're full. And I feel like we're already like that for the month of September. We haven't even, um, stepped into that yet. So, but it's, it's exciting too. I like to have just times to get together and the kids love it too. They like to see their friends and have fun events going on. And we actually found a dance studio, which was a huge, um, answer to prayer because uh, moving over to the side of the studio, um, of the city, it was important to find a dance studio because that's their thing that they love to do. Um, and you know, being homeschooled, I really felt it was very important to find something that they could be involved in, um, outside of just the home so that they had something to look forward to during the week other than, uh, church. So we've at some points we've done co-ops like groups that we have that we meet with other, um, families at other, you know, in other seasons it's too busy for that. Um, but dance has kind of been a constant that they have to look forward to. It's their it's social, but it's also, uh, you know, good for their development and health and um, self-esteem, all of that. But I'm very picky about dance studios because we live in a world where um, children are dressed to um, maturely, maybe for their age or, you know, the makeup and all that and the dance moves. And you can go down a very twisted path very quickly with dance studios. Um, you may have seen this from some popular television shows, um, like dance moms or whatever, where these kids are, you know, just, I mean, it's just uh, honestly disgusting. And so to watch what they do with these, you know, children, the way they make them dance and all that. And that's a real thing. There are dance studios that don't have any kind of moral compass with that. And so the songs that they choose are not, um, you know, even close to being something you would like let your let your little children listen to like if you knew that you know if you actually listened to the lyrics um 
so our last studio was fantastic with that. And I was just praying, going, Lord, just help us find the right studio. So we found a place like 10 minutes down the road from our new house. And I asked them about their costume choices and their songs, you know, all that. I just emailed them and just said, hey, you know, this is kind of something that, or this is something that's really important to us. And they sent me like paragraphs back. I was so impressed. And they talked about how careful they are, not only with the song um, choice, but also with the dance moves. And even in the song, it's not even, they don't just filter it for, you know, bad words, but it's also like they listen to the message of the song. And then they talked about the costumes and said, for this age group, it's only like one piece costumes, you know, when they get older, like we'll allow some two piece costumes, but, um, we're very careful about how much like stomach shows between all, you know, like they went way above and beyond and answered all those questions. I'm like, well, okay, (laughs) I think we're good here. And the girls loved it. They got to try it out this past week and they just loved the teachers. They were all just super sweet, young. Um, a lot of them were young uh, women, like my young moms that were teaching these classes, but just like over the top, just sweet and welcoming. So that was huge for us to find a dance studio that they can flourish at and that I'm not going to be worried about showing up to recital and being mortified, you know, and wishing the grandparents didn't come because, (laughs) you know, Oh no, what are they going to think? Um, no, it's, it should be totally fine. So that was the highlight of our week. I hope your week was great too. Um, And we are going to talk today about uh, being a mom in ministry. This might look like a lot of different things for you. It could look like volunteering at your church. Maybe you, you know, help out with kids or maybe it's not even church. It could be something that you either want to do or are already doing outside of that. Maybe you have a nonprofit idea or have a nonprofit that you're running. Um, anything that serves the kingdom, right? That's what I consider ministry. So that could be bringing meals to your neighbors, uh, or maybe organizing a Bible study in your neighborhood, um, serving in some capacity at church. You could actually be in ministry for um, your job or you know your husband's job. So it can look like a lot of different things, but whatever way it is that you are serving the kingdom, that's what we're talking about today, which is for all of us, right? We know that uh, we have a part to play in that, but we also know that as moms, and I talk about this all the time, um, but our family is our greatest ministry. It always will be because someone can replace you in a heartbeat anywhere else in your job, in ministry, in a nonprofit organization, in your neighborhood. You could have someone come in and replace you in a heartbeat. And they might even be able to do your job better than you, right? That's just the reality of it. But no one can ever replace you in the home. There is no substitution for you. Your kids would never allow some other mom to come in your home and just say, oh, okay, this is our new mom. Great, right? Without even blinking an eye. No, they they would be, it would turn your family upside down. There um, is no substitution for you. There's no one better created to do the job than you. God put those children in your home. You are responsible for raising them to know the Lord and love the Lord. And so we know that that is our ultimate mission here on earth. Our greatest ministry, our greatest work we we will ever do will be within our home. Um, But outside of that, the Lord will have things that he calls you into. So we're going to talk about today kind of how to balance that, how to know that you are supposed to step into something 
and what to do when you are in that place of you know, balancing motherhood and it's just some practice practical things that you can put into practice in your home to be able to balance it well so that your home still runs in a healthy uh, at a healthy pace and uh, you don't feel like you're neglecting your children so for me we are in a season of ministry that's probably busier than we have ever been I've always been in ministry at some capacity since we've gotten, since uh, my husband and I have gotten married. But now we're in a role where we're campus pastors at our church. So even though I'm actually not on staff, so I'm not this, yeah, I don't have to go, you know, during the week. Um, it's honestly, it's just a, like, I just pastor alongside of him in his role. Um, and that really just kind of looks like just relationships with people and things that I love to do anyways, right? Like my natural, like I, you know, it's not anything outside of what I would be doing anyways. Um, although there are more just things you have to keep up with like meetings and, um, you know, just getting together with people. So it does add some onto my plate, but more so onto my husband's. So for me, my week doesn't necessarily look too much different except, um, you know, as for like Monday through Friday during the day, I still am at home. I still am homeschooling. I don't have anyone to answer to, none of that. But uh, when it comes to the weekend, that's when we kind of fill up with getting together with people, maybe a new couple that came to church or getting together with our leaders, that kind of thing. So I do feel like this season has required more of us, but it's also been really fulfilling at the same time and it hasn't been draining and I'm going to share kind of what I feel like is the key, or really there's more than one thing, the keys to keeping from getting burnt out and not feeling like you're sacrificing your family. Because I certainly have been there before in ministry where I have said yes to something and I knew I wasn't supposed to, but I felt like I was letting people down if I said no to it. And I felt like I, you know, if it was a good thing, then clearly it must be a God thing, right? And that was a mistake that I made. And I don't want you to make that mistake because that was a draining season for my myself and my family. I just felt the tug of that. There was a lot of stress, a lot of weight on my plate, and it wasn't necessary. I didn't need to do it. Um, so if you can avoid that and get into a place where you are thriving in ministry, that's ideal. That's where the Lord wants you, right? He doesn't want us to be burnt out and just feeling like, Oh, like, why did I say yes to this? And is this what ministry is really about? So now uh, we are pastoring at this church, um, you know, moved across the city, made this whole big family change. And I've just learned that when you follow the Lord, um, which is what for us, it was honestly so clear to us that we were supposed to be over here. It wasn't like, oh, here's a job opportunity. Should we take it? No, the Lord actually started speaking to me about it before we even came over to this side. The first Sunday that we visited this campus, our, our church has three different campuses now. And so we were at the main campus and this one was all the way on the west side of town. And the first Sunday we visited that campus, I just felt like the Lord was pulling on my heartstrings and I remember going home and just thinking, we're supposed to be over there. And I don't know why it doesn't really make sense. We don't even live over there. There's no like opportunity on the horizon. It's not like anyone had been talking to us at that point about 
uh, becoming camp campus pastors over there, but I just knew my heart was being pulled over there. Um, and it's funny because my husband at first was the opposite. He was like, I, nope, nope, that's not for me. You know, how often do we say, no, I'm not qualified for that. I, there's no way I could possibly do that. And now looking at him in that role, it's just beautiful to watch how the Lord has just stretched him and molded him. And now he couldn't imagine himself doing anything else. So, but I've realized that when the Lord calls you to something, there is such a grace that comes upon it or comes with it that it doesn't feel like this huge weight and this huge burden where you're going, how am I going to get all this done? And are my kids going to be neglected? It just flows differently is the only way I can explain it. When I said yes to the previous position that I was talking about, um, which was just a volunteer position, I did not feel that way at all. There was no grace for it. And so even though I was good at it and I, I, or I felt like I was good at, you know, it felt like something in my wheelhouse. Right. Um, and I was excited by it. It just pulled at me so much during the week that it kind of, it just kept, it's like during the week, it was like sucking the life out of me a little bit. And then on, you know, Sundays it was like, okay, well this is kind of fun. I can keep doing this. And then it would suck the life out of me. And then, you know, ultimately I just felt like it was, I was not the best mom that I could be. Not that I was a bad mom, but just not the best I could be. Right. Because I had so much pulling at me. Um, but now I don't feel that way at all. And here I am, you know, doing a podcast and writing books and pastoring the church alongside my husband and, uh, running a life group. And I don't feel that, you know, it's like, I look now, I'm like, I have more on my plate now, but somehow it does not feel like I'm overburdened. It doesn't feel like I still am getting such great quality time with my kids. I feel like we're at a good steady pace where we're, you know, moving slow during the week and enjoying the moments together. How is that possible? You might think that too. Maybe you see people, moms in ministry who seem like they do so much, right? Like here they are, um, you know, speaking and they have an Instagram following or, you know, whatever it is that the Lord's called them to. Um, and you're going, how do they get it all done? How do they do that? Well, when the Lord calls you, and I can't speak for everyone, but for, for those that the Lord calls to those positions, there is such a grace that comes upon it. You do look back and go, how did I get all that done? <laughs> how in the world was I able to do that? Well, only because the Lord, um, his hand was on, upon it, which is why it's so important for you to be able to hear the Lord's voice and follow his orders if you don't know how to hear the Lord's voice, I encourage you to go back in the podcast. There's a whole series I did on hearing the Lord's voice. Give that a listen because when you learn to hear the Lord's voice for your own self, right? Um, you'll stop relying on other people to hear the Lord for you. If you constantly are going to, um, and wise counsel is important, so I don't mean that, but if you constantly are going to seek out wise counsel to make decisions for yourself or trusting the judgment of other people and thinking, well, that must be what's best because this church leader said he felt like I should step into this role or whatever, you know, if you're constantly relying on other people, you'll be like this uh, leaf that just gets blown by the wind wherever it goes, right? Uh, whatever, when you seek out wise counsel, it should always confirm with the Lord has already been saying to you. So if you already felt like the Lord was calling you to something, well then when you seek wise counsel, if it doesn't sit right with you, if you're going, that just didn't feel right, um, then you know what? You move on to the next one, right? Until you feel like you got, even if it doesn't align with what you originally thought, but it should 
sit right with you and go, you know what, that does feel like the Lord. So make sure that you are listening to the Lord's voice, that you're asking him, Lord, what do you want for me? Did you give me this idea? You know, would you, would you want me to carry it out? I mean, the Lord will give us ideas, but it's our job to put them into action, right? Um, a book was never going to get written if I didn't actually sit down and get out my laptop and sit and listen and, you know, write. Now, he was giving me the, all the content. I take no credit for that because truly it was the Lord. I was very tired when I, when I, both times I've written a book. I mean, you're just tired as a mom, right? Your brain is like fried. Um, so I know it was the Lord just giving me the words to write, giving um, me the ideas, but I still had to put in the work. And so you will have to do that too with whatever the Lord has put on your heart. It will take work, but when you have heard his voice and you know that it's him telling you to do it, there will, there will be a grace upon it. Um, so a few just practical things real fast um, before you step into um, ministry or whatever role he's called you to before he, you step into that just practically. These are some things to look at in your home. Um, if your home is out of order, then you're going to burn out quickly in whatever it is you step into. You have to make sure your home is in order first. So ask yourself, how's your marriage? Um, are you getting time together? How's your romance life? That's really important. You know, uh, for us as women, that's not something we think about very often. Be, I mean, just being honest, right? Especially as moms, because we have so much going on, we're not thinking about like when our husband gets home from work and, um, you know, after the kids go to bed, like having some like romantic time together. I mean, maybe for once in a while, but usually we're like, oh, the dishes need done. I have to pack lunches for tomorrow. I have to get this stuff ready. You know, there's so much to do. But for men, you have to think about it this way. As much as we like to be talked to, uh, which is the way that we connect with our husbands, right? When we sit down on the couch together and our husband is, you know, like we don't have our phones on that fuels us, right? When our husband's talking to us about our day, you know, and asking us, Oh, how was your day? And, Oh, you know, did you see so-and-so? How did that go? It, it's everything to us, right? We love that. Well, the opposite is true for our husbands, right? That intimacy together is how they connect with us. So ask yourself, how long would I want my husband to go without talking to me? Well, that's how long you should go without intimacy in your marriage, right? If your husband didn't talk to you for three weeks, you'd be feeling pretty isolated, right? And disconnected. So just like our husbands serve us in that, listen, they don't, they don't love to talk about, um, you know, what the kids did all day long and everything, all the details of our day and, and what we talked to our mom about on the phone and the sale that we got on, um, you know, that new pair of shoes, they don't, they do not love talking about that, but they do that to serve us because they know that that's how we feel connected to them. So the opposite is true. When we do that, not because maybe it's at the forefront of our mind, but because we know that that's how they feel connected to us, then it fuels that cycle. And maybe you're in a cycle where you are not receiving that communication and maybe you feel bitter or angry and like, oh, well, I don't want to do that. He doesn't sit and, you know, he's always on his phone or he is so busy and he doesn't talk to me. You got to start it first. Start that cycle of just serving um, with, you know, an open heart, just saying, okay, Lord, I'm going to do this because I love my husband and I want connection with him. And that I guarantee that will start that cycle and he will be more open to listening to you say, Hey, can we just sit and talk together tonight? If it's coming from that place rather than a bitter, you never talk to me, you know, 
you're always on your phone. They shut down. They, when you start that, um, and I know from experience, they just completely shut down. So ask yourself, how is your marriage? How's your relationship with your kids? Do you know your kids? Are you getting time with them? Are you moving slow during the day as much as you can? Maybe at home when, or when your kids get home from school, are you taking time to ask them about their day? Are you eating dinners together? Or are you so busy, busy, busy that you never spend time together? Um, how's your home? Is your home cluttered, chaotic, or stressful? Um, those are all things to look at. I did a series on that, on um, getting all that in order. Um, I think I called it stressed by the mess, and that kind of covers all those different areas that can be out of order in your home. So make sure that's in order first before you step into ministry, because if you are, if you step in when that's not in order, it'll make your family resentful. If they see you pouring out to other people and putting your all into whatever God's called you to, but at home they feel neglected, it'll actually just uh, create problems in the home rather than being a blessing, which is what it's meant to be. And then um, outside of that, when you do serve, this is really good to remember, um, to serve humbly and without uh, the need for approval from man, because you will never be satisfied if you serve for praise and appreciation. This is really important. It's easy for us to fall into the trap of wanting something outside the home so that we get praise and affirmation, because let's be honest, there's not a group of cheerleaders behind us during the day cheering us you know on as we make lunches and we fold laundry and we wipe bottoms and all the things that we do there's no one saying wow that was amazing great job so it's easy to fall into the trap of wanting something just so that you can you can see success and others can see your success and others can praise you for it and that should not be our goal when we step into what the lord has called us whatever he's called us to do. It shouldn't be for, for financial gain. It shouldn't be for uh, praise and affirmation. It should honestly only be to serve the Lord. So if you serve every day and you never get thanks, you never get a paycheck for it, you should still be able to do it with the same attitude the next day. You should still be able to get up and do it with a happy heart because you know your audience is of one and he sees what is done. And if he's called you to it, right, then then his uh, favor is on it and you know that he is pleased with the work that you are doing um, so when you do that when you just say okay Lord um, you know it's, this is all for you and I lay everything down and I'm not doing this for the praise of man I'm not doing this for financial gain I'm doing this because you called me to it there's such a shift in your attitude and your perspective that there's this new joy that rises from it um, and I, I can speak to this it's a completely different joy than any amount of financial gain or affirmation could ever give you. When I was running my business, and I've told this story many times, but when I was running my business, it was all built really out of pride. Looking back now, I can see it. Um, and it was what I had built. And I had made, even though I prayed over it, you know, it was like, Lord, bless it. But it still felt like this is what I want to do. And it did provide financially. But I will tell you what, nothing compares like I would not go back in a heartbeat to that even though now I don't make an income off of what I do but it does not even I have never once been like oh man you know 
I wish I could just go back to having a business because, you know, we had more money then. No, not even for a second because what I'm doing now is so fulfilling in a different way. And there's such a joy that comes from it because I know it's what the Lord has created me to do. It's like, I feel like I'm just walking here in my purpose. Like this is what you created me for. And when you align with that, what the Lord has created you for, it just sparks something in you. You just feel so fulfilled and grateful to the Lord. So um, if you're not feeling fulfilled in your calling, then it ultimately is usually because you have lost sight of the one that you are serving. So make sure that that's at the forefront, that um, you are serving him and him alone. Practically, this looks like consecrating you to, uh, sorry, consecrating yourself to the Lord each time you walk into ministry and give him the glory when you walk out, because this keeps you from thinking it had something to do with you. So when people praise you, if they do, you know, say, wow, that was amazing. Oh, that book that you wrote was great. Oh, the, the way that, um, you know, you organize this kids ministry team. That's amazing. Your nonprofit ministry that you run, like it's amazing how much you've done. Give the Lord credit right away. <laughs> Just don't even let it settle on your heart because that's, you, if you're not careful, you can start thinking it has something to do with you, right? Just well, thank you for that. I give all the credit to the Lord. Lord, I give that to you. You know, just tell him. Just silently. You don't even have to say it out loud, but just silently. Lord, I give that to you. Thank you that you have blessed this. So consecrate yourself to the Lord before you go in and give him the glory as you walk out every single time. Uh, Lord, this was only because of you. And then, honestly, just outside of that, just make sure that you... Um, that you're following the orders of the king, that you are listening to him and him alone, and that you're serving to please him um, and not man. Listen to his voice, and then you run, okay? Be patient, because it may not come right away. There might be a, a season of preparation before you step into what he's called you to, because you might have to get your home in order. You might have to do some things beforehand, but the Lord will make it clear. So be patient, wait for his voice, wait for his confirmation, and then you go boldly and confidently forward in what he's called you to, doing the work that needs to be done, trusting him that he's going to take care of your family and that what you do is going to be an overflow of your home. So what, um, whatever ministry that he calls you into, it's going to come from a place of having a home that's in order, that's flourishing with children that are learning about the Lord, with a, a marriage that's flourishing, where you're serving one another, and you're, you all are growing together in the Lord. And then when you reach outside to the world, um, it's going to be like from that overflow, from that place of your greatest ministry in your home out into the world. And his hand is going to be upon it. His favor is going to be upon it. And you are going to be in a season of fulfillment. Let's pray now together. Lord, we come to you right now. Thank you, Lord, that you are above all, that you know all, that you see all, that you know all the details of our lives. You know how much is on our plate, what we're going through in our marriages, what we're going through with our children. Um, and Lord, you also know that there is a place that you've called us to in your kingdom, a place that you've called us to serve, whether that just be in our home for this season or that, whether that be outside of our home as well. Lord, help us to balance that. Help uh, uh, what we do outside the home. Help us to see the vision that that is an overflow of what's happening in the hearts in our home. Lord, I pray for everyone that feels weary, that feels tired, that you would give 
uh, that mom just wisdom and discernment that you would guide her and that you would strengthen her. In your name we pray. Amen.